there, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. My name is Charles Inferna, the uh, Division Three coach at a small private institution located in Rochester, New York. By, by night, by day, I'm a researcher at a different D3 institution in Rochester, New York, and also the owner of Forts Athletics Track and Field Club, uh, where we are a USATF-sanctioned track and field club in the Niagara region in western New York, where we focus on uh, working with throwers at the high school uh, collegiate and post-collegiate levels, uh, specifically with the weight and the hammer. Uh, and today, for this episode, what I wanted to talk a little bit about was the recruiting process. And uh, in a previous episode I just recorded, um, I left the audience with um, you know ways that athletes uh, could reach out to coaches and um, you know and express their interest during the recruiting process uh, if they were interested in competing at the collegiate level. Um, and it really is a two-way street. Uh, where obviously coaches are recruiting athletes, but athletes are really recruiting the coaches as well. Um, you really have a lot more uh, say and um, thoughts and, and things to consider when you're making the decision on if you're going to compete at the collegiate level, regardless of what uh, level it is, whether it's a D3, D2, or D1. There's a lot of things that you need to take into consideration and focus on um, before you do make that that decision. I'm going to touch base a little bit about what some of those uh, pieces might be. Now, number one is going to be, let's say, for example, um, all things are equal, all right, and regardless of which college or university you're going to attend, you're going to receive a full scholarship. So you're at that level. Um, finances don't come into question, so you don't have to worry about that. So I think that might make it easier for us to discuss or easier for me to discuss for the audience to listen to um, what my suggestions or what my thoughts might be. Now, granted, I'm just a Division Three coach, uh, but in my experiences in working and talking with Division One and Division Two coaches, um, this is what I th- I would take into consideration if I could go back now to 1999 when I started my senior year of high school. Uh, I would be looking at this. This is what I would tell my younger self. Um, the first thing would be obviously what level are you interested in competing at? Uh, division one, two, or three. Now, Division three, we don't offer athletic scholarships, but most colleges uh, offer enough financial aid, depending on your particular situation, um, that you wouldn't have to take out student loans. So, if you are um, kind of like, let's say, not the top uh, top one or two athletes in your region. Uh, and there aren't that many Division One colleges in the area. You know, obviously there's a, there's the the option of going D two or or D three. But I guess for the sake of this conversation uh, and um, uh, podcast episode, we'll say uh, D one for everybody. So first thing I guess would be uh, the coach, right? I would I would take into consideration a couple things about the, the head coach, the coaching staff, and your particular throwing coach. One, how long has the throwing coach been there? Uh, is this uh, a place where this person is established? They've been there for over, let's say, 10 or 15 years. Uh, they have a track record of success with athletes, or maybe they don't have a track record of success with athletes. Um, they may have been coaching at the Division One level for 10 or 15 years, uh, and maybe had, you know, one or two conference champions over the course of that time. Uh, maybe one All-American, maybe no All-Americans. But I think longevity of the coach, because then that, would, that plays into the continuity of care uh, with 
the athlete. So how long has your coach been there? If you know the coach has been there for a long time, uh, there's probably a good chance, probably. No, it's not guaranteed, but there's probably a good chance that they would be there the full four or five years that you were enrolled in that particular college. Um, and with the coaching staff also, you know, taking into consideration what other, what other athletes have to say about the coaching staff. Do they, do they enjoy being coached by this particular person or persons? Um, do they have graduate assistants? Uh, how do the graduate assistants treat you? Uh, things like that. So coaching staff would be number one for me uh, if I was going to give myself advice uh, almost 20 years ago is what I would say is to take into consideration uh, longevity of coach, uh, how long they've been there, success. Eh, we could talk about that in the next um, the next segment here with uh, the recruiting process. Okay, everyone, transitioning to item two of uh, something to consider or think about when we're looking at the recruiting process. Uh, we just talked briefly about uh, topic one, which would be who your coach is gonna be and making that selection process. Number two, and I wanna preface this without, um, these are not in any particular order, let's say, of importance, but number two is probably gonna dictate the rest of your uh, life and career path would be selecting a specific major. So most colleges, and I say most, not all, um, I'm not sure at the, at the Division I level, 100% um, accuracy anyway, that uh, all colleges have the same majors. Uh, now I'm willing to guess that most, most Division I colleges have you know, government, economics, journalism, communication, uh, maybe most of them have some type of education program. Um, things of that nature but um, getting down to like the nitty-gritty of it um, they that might not play that much uh, of a role in your decision so for example if, uh, if you want to go to school and be an economics major or a business major I'm willing to, buy, uh, willing to uh, guess that uh, most division one schools have have that particular major now at the Division three level, however, I do want to share a quick story with you. Now, last year I was at a high school meet and I was talking to um, two very good shot putters from very small, and I mean very small, high schools with graduating classes of about 20, 25 people. Um, and during our conversation, uh, the one, um, one thrower said, oh, you know, you're the assistant coach at NAS. And I was like, yeah, I am. I was like, I've been there for you know, five years, and, um, you know, if you have any questions about the program, let me know. And uh, she continued on with, well, I'm interested in going to NAS. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, you know, what, what major are you interested in, in pursuing? And, uh, you know, I, we could talk about the application process and, and financial aid and all this stuff. So she went on to tell me that she was interested in being an, uh, an engineer. And I don't remember if she said ke uh, chemical or mechanical engineer. And I said, well, I said, that's great. I was like, Nazareth doesn't have an engineering program. Oh, I was like, but Rochester Institute of Technology does, uh, RPI does, other colleges in, in New York State that are Division three schools have it. And that pretty much ended the conversation. And, and I, I don't know if she was taken aback or if she was embarrassed, but um, you know, if you're, if you're pursuing specific colleges, you know, it would probably be important to do your homework on the college as well. Um, 
at NAS, we're, we're really well known for our physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech pathology programs. Our physical therapy program is, is a doctorate program, so you're enrolled for six years. Uh, you're able to maintain grades, pass all the proficiency exams, and you will graduate with your doctorate in physical therapy. Uh, our placement rate is very high, as is with the occupational therapy program and speech pathology program. Um, so th those are uh, majors that most schools in our area don't have. Speech pathology, for example, um, Nazareth has a speech pathology program, uh, SUNY Fredonia, which is about 120 miles away does, and then so does Cortland, which is uh, you know closer to another um, 80 miles away. So there aren't very many choices for you, and they're very selective in, in who uh, gets into the program, and with speech, for example, if you're going to be a teacher in New York State. Um, so you get into their graduate schools, it's even much, uh, much more of a fraction of athletes or of um, students. So if you are in, in the process of communicating with a coach and you're interested in going to that school but they might not have your major, you know, that might be something to think about because uh, depending on what major you want to pursue, uh, that's obviously going to dictate um, your career path. And I know before I said your life path too, but... You know, if um, if you're going to be if you're a world class athlete in college, you know maybe you're not going to go into the workforce right away, uh, where you might compete at the post collegiate level, try and make an Olympic team. But for most athletes, yeah, the major that they have, yeah, that's going to be a very uh, very important decision for them to make uh, when selecting which college they want to choose uh, to enroll in. Topic three to consider during the recruiting process is location of the college or university. So we spent some time talking about topic one, which is uh, coach and who the coach is at the particular college or university you're interested in attending, what major uh, you're interested in pursuing, uh, what type of uh, career you might want to get into. Um, and then three is going to be the location of the college. Uh, so for some of us who might be um, living in upstate New York where we have snow on the ground until about April uh, you might not be interested in coming to a school in the Northeast let's say um, however if the location uh, doesn't matter to you then this is probably you could probably disregard this portion of the podcast uh, you could probably stop now if uh, if you're thinking, well, it doesn't matter, I just want to go to this school that has the best coach and my major, and regardless of where uh, uh, the college is located. Now, if location is something that's important to you, uh, then yeah, so then that, that's probably going to be important. Do you want to go to a school that's warm weather, uh, that you don't uh, have to worry about snow ever, where you could train year-round outdoors? And well, that's not to say that you can't train year-round outdoors up in uh, New York State, for example, it just makes it a little bit more difficult when there's two or three feet on the ground and you're trying to re retrieve a discus or a shot put or a javelin, uh, you know, safety considerations have to be taken um, into account as well at, for that particular, uh, for those particular events. Um, but if you have a field house and it's really nice, and you can train year-round indoors and it doesn't matter where you are, then it's really not going to matter. Um, 
but yeah location would be something that would be really really important to take into consideration as well uh, you know maybe you're from the northeast or northwest and you're not interested in going someplace where it's really hot all the time or you're not interested in going to a school in florida or texas or arizona you know that's something to take into consideration as well um, I don't know how many people uh, would make the decision to not go to a school down south if that wasn't um, uh, an important variable or element in the decision process. But, you know, to each their own, um, there's uh, specific schools, especially for throwing across the country, that are uh, more recognized than others as far as producing uh, quality athletes. But again, it gets back to uh, what we talked about before with you know how much of a role does a coach play in that or do all really good athletes want to go someplace where it's going to be 80 degrees every day and you don't have to worry about rain or snow or sleet but you know you're going to have the same type of elements you know that might play a role into uh, like i said with topic one uh, if you have all the best athletes in the country going to two or three specific colleges um, you know then maybe weather isn't as big of a factor or it's not as important as you know the particular major that those athletes want to um, uh, focus on and focus their time on and it might not matter um, you know across the board who the coach is uh, you know give or take uh, those particular situations um, but yeah I mean whether whether it probably plays a role in it but not it might not be as big a deal uh, to some people as it is to others um, but that's really what I have for today as far as the recruiting process. You know, some things for athletes to take into consideration. Uh, you know, coaching, who your coach is going to be, how long have they been there, longevity, the success of athletes, the quality of athletes that enroll, um, the type of major you want to uh, focus on, uh, whether it's education, business, economics, marketing, journalism, uh, agriculture, whatever, uh, mathematics, that, that's ultimately going to play a role. And then the location of the college or university as well. Uh, but that's all for today. Again, my name is Charles Inferna, and thank you t uh, today taking the time out of your schedules to listen to the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. Thank you very much, and have a great day.